for our sermon today, we're going to be focusing on the second lesson. Uh, it's Romans chapter 8, it's on page uh, 7 in your bulletin. Allow me to read those words one more time. Page 7 in your bulletin, Romans chapter 8, it reads, Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God, for you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. By Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. This is the word of our Lord. Attachment disorder is defined as this, as a condition in which an infant or young child doesn't establish healthy attachments with parents or caregivers. It's especially found in those kids between infancy and three years old when they do not develop a loving, caring relationship, when, when they do not get what they need, nurture and love and care, and instead it's replaced with abuse and neglect. And what you have left is a child who cannot trust anyone, has difficulty trusting anyone, even throughout their entire lives. You have a person who will not allow themselves to be controlled by anyone, and so there are mood swings, there are behavioral issues, and even social relationship problems throughout their entire life. Attachment disorder. In the 1950s, a doctor, an Austrian doctor by the name of Rene Spitz wanted, did some study on this disorder, on his own theory at this point. At the time, orphanages were, were very common, and they had an alarmingly high death rate among infants. And what people thought the reason was was because there was just contagious disease going around in these orphanages. But he had a different theory. What if the children, the infants in these orphanages, actually suffered from a lack of love? And so what he did was he did an experiment where he had one group of people uh, one group of infants who stayed in isolated cribs in a sterile environment, and he had another group of infants with their mothers who were incarcerated. And if it was all about germs that was really causing the problems, then those kids who were with their mothers in that germ-infested uh, prisons, they would not do nearly as well as the kids in the more sterile environment in isolated cribs. But if love was the issue love was the issue, then it would be those kids who were with their incarcerated mothers who would be stronger, who would survive. In the end, love won. In fact, 37% of those infants in those isolated cribs died. And of those that did survive, they were strongier and not nearly as healthy and much more susceptible to illnesses than those who were with their mothers. In fact, those children who were with their mothers went off the charts and measurements in every way that could be measured by Dr. Spitz. Those children who were isolated, those ones who actually did survive, they had to deal with behavioral and uh, psychological problems of this attachment disorder for the rest of their lives. Love makes a difference, a huge difference in our lives in so many different ways that we couldn't possibly understand. Now, I don't know that any of you suffer from attachment disorder. 
But I am here today to propose that maybe each and every one of us, or that I believe each and every one of us suffers from what I would call a spiritual attachment disorder. See, we were born in this world as spiritual infants. And no matter how close your parents were to you, we had ingrained to us this separation between man and God that was passed down from you to you and me all the way back from the Garden of Eden. It doesn't matter how shortly afterwards, after the sin in the Garden of Eden, that God made a promise to send a Savior. It didn't matter how quickly after your birth you were baptized. It doesn't matter how much your parents love you. It doesn't matter how much you understand fully God's plan of salvation. You and I all suffer in different ways of this spiritual attachment disorder. We have trust issues with our Heavenly Father. Because we have trust issues with our Heavenly Father, that's the reason why we at times fear, we get stressed out, we get worried. Because we don't believe the simple promises that are in God's Word that He says that He really is holding us in the palm of His hand. That He really is with you and that you have no reason to fear. I was talking to someone this past week who told me that they doubt that prayer works because of the experiences that they've had in their life. I talked to somebody else recently who told me that because of the suffering that they've gone through in their life, they don't really think that God loves them. Otherwise, why would they have gone through these difficulties? I think our fears are, are similar. That each and every one of you have has fears at times as you're faced with a difficult decision what are you going to do? What, which path do you choose? And we get worried about it. We get stressed out about it. Because we don't trust that our God is going to bless us whichever way we choose. I think there's times when we might fear losing our job or, or getting demoted if we do, don't do well enough in our job. We wonder what the future holds because in the end we believe at times that it's just us. That it's just us by ourselves who has to dig us out of this pit of suffering if some disaster strikes in our lives. When you think about the future, you don't know what it holds. When you think about the difficulties that could that you could be faced with in the future, it causes us to worry, doesn't it? It causes us to wonder. And maybe we get stressed. Well, because we forget about those simple promises in Scripture that our Heavenly Father really does have us in the palm of His hand. That fear is what the Apostle Paul was talking about here in our lesson when he says that we are slaves to fear, verse 15. Slaves to fear. So how can we who suffer from the spiritual attachment disorder overcome it? How can we understand more fully God's love for us? How can we see Him working in our lives daily? How can we understand that He really is listening attentively to each and every last one of your prayers? How could you understand God's complete love for you so that fear and stress and anxiety and worry just go away. The Apostle Paul, in the lesson for today, gives us the therapy that we need to show us that fear and stress and anxiety, when we consider who our Heavenly Father is, who the Holy Trinity is, who adopted us as their children, there's no worry and stress and anxiety is completely unnecessary. And so just as the, the, the therapy that the Apostle Paul talks about here for spiritual attachment disorder is actually very similar 
to the therapy that would be used for a child who has attachment disorder. The therapy is love. Some of you have parents. To help you understand this, some of you have, have parents who, if you lost everything, if the whole world would fall apart on you, you lost your money, your job, your apartment, some of you have parents where you could say, well, when all does that, when everything goes wrong, I'll just move into my parents' basement. Some of you have that. And that is, you think about it, that is quite a safety net to have. It takes away a little bit of stress that some of you might have just in case everything falls apart. But today I want to prove to you that each and every one of you have a Heavenly Father who is taking care of you, who is your greatest safety net, not only when disaster strikes, but at all times. As we look at the work of the Trinity today through these words, as we see how he made us a child, I just want you to contemplate his love for you. See, if we would walk into an orphanage today, see hundreds of kids there without love, without a parent, I guarantee you that all of your, our hearts would, would go out to them. But I also know that we would be able to do very little about them. At best, we could maybe adopt one, maybe two. But our Heavenly Father, who saw a world of spiritual orphans, came up with a plan to adopt us all and to take care of us. And part of that plan was to treat his only son as a complete outcast. You remember those words that Jesus shouted from the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Those are bittersweet words, aren't they? Because we know at that moment that he is suffering hell for us, to make us child of God. That's what our, that's what God the Son did for us. And then God the Holy Spirit came to you on the day of your baptism, or when you heard God's word for the first time, and He gave you those signed and sealed adoption papers that proves to you that you are a child of God, that tells you who you belong to, and it reminds you that you have absolutely no reason to ever fear because your God is powerful and He loves you. That's what the Apostle Paul says in verse 16. He says it this way. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. On this Holy Trinity Sunday, we are reviewing what our Father, Son, and Holy Spirit has done to make us a child of God, to adopt us as His own. If any of you have been through the adoption process, either nationally or internationally, or if you know someone who has, there's usually two words to describe the process. It's costly, and it takes time and work. It does. But that cost and that work is nothing in comparison to what our Heavenly Father did to adopt us as His children. Now again, if, if we were to walk into an orphanage today, I know that all of our hearts would go out to the kids who would be there, but we could do very little about it. Even if we said we'd like to adopt all 200 of the kids that you have here in this orphanage, the orphanage would say, sorry, you can't. And the reason why is because you aren't able to sufficiently love all of those kids. But miraculously, our Heavenly Father is able. That's the miracle of our Heavenly Father who is able to give each and every one of us the millions, the billions of His children of God sufficient love. He says it this way in verse 15. You receive the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, 
Abba, Father. Now, there are two very important points that I want to make in this small phrase that we have right here. The first is that our Heavenly Father, despite how many children of God there are, He is able to give us immediate access anytime we want Him. And even more so, even when we don't go to Him in prayer, He's watching over us constantly. Now, I think about that as a father of five little girls. And if each and every one of those kids just broke down and cried at the same time, at best, I'd be able to deal with them just one at a time, and the rest are just going to have to wait. And I just have five of them. But our Heavenly Father is, is incredible in that He is able to give us an incredible amount of love and be completely attentive to our major and even minor emergencies. And realize who our Heavenly Father is. He is the one who is holding together the entire world. He is the one who is guiding away meteors that are headed for this planet. He's the one who is putting world leaders in place and guiding the most, the, the most vital decisions in this world. And yet, at the same time, when we cry to him, Abba, Father, he shuts off his cell phone, he turns off his computer, he puts us on his lap, and he listens. And he loves That's what your Heavenly Father does. There's one more point that I want you to see in in this verse 15 as well that I want you to think about. It says, you have received the spirit of sonship. Sonship. Now realize that Paul is not a sexist when he says those words. He's trying to help you understand something that was given only to those firstborn sons. Because of the fact that you, all of you, male and female, are adopted as children of God, God treats you like you don't deserve, like a firstborn son. You get the inheritance that is only, that only should be reserved for the firstborn son. Look, look at the way he words it here in verse 17. Now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Now what firstborn son would be willing to share, even with his own brother? inheritance that's coming towards him. Let alone if there are millions of adopted, billions of adopted children who are going to be considered co-heirs. Only our Savior Jesus. Have you thought about that in these words when he calls you a co-heir? Standing side by side with Jesus, equal in inheritance? Who is Jesus? He is the one who before he ascended said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given me. He is the one who is sitting at the right hand of God. That is your co-heir. You are heirs of God, of a rich and powerful God. There isn't a bit of His wealth or of His love that He's ever going to hold back from us. On this Trinity Sunday, we are contemplating God's love for us. And we understand God's love as we see God the Son who sacrificed His life for you and me. We understand God the Father's love for us as as in eternity He chose us to be His own, to be heirs. But the Holy Spirit, consider Him who on the day of your baptism, on the day God's Word came into your heart, you believed and you got those signed and sealed documents Documents that says that you are adopted child of God, that you belong to Him, but His work does not end. He is the one who continues on today to give us therapy that we need for the spiritual attachment disorder. The therapy that we need to be reminded of God's love over and over and over again. 
is His Word and the sacraments. Now I know that all of you who know me and have known me for um, as long as I've been here, that one thing that we have continually harped on uh, for you in this church is to read your Bibles. Be in God's Word. Take the Lord's Supper as often as possible. And so I don't want to throw another a guilt trip on top of you if you haven't been doing that, because I know a number of you aren't. But I do want to encourage you. Take this today as an encouragement. If you're not reading your Bibles daily, do it. Fight against it and do it. Fight against your sinful nature and simply read. Read with your spouse. Read with your children. If you today are the head of your household, the man of your household here, please be the spiritual head of your household and take God's word to your children and to your wife. That is the therapy of love that we need, the spiritual attachment disorder. And what are the results going to be of that? Well, on this side of death, we'll never free ourselves completely of fear and anxiety and stress and worry. I realize that. But we do get better at dealing with it. We do. You get better as as you understand God's word more and more, as your faith and trust in your Heavenly Father improves, the way that you look at decisions, difficult decisions, are going to be trust in your Heavenly Father that regardless of which way you choose, you know God is going to go with you and you know God is going to bless you. You can be certain that your Heavenly Father is listening attentively to every last word that you are speaking to Him in prayer. You can be certain that even when you are faced with a difficult time, that you don't have to dig yourself out of that pit alone, but your Heavenly Father is with you. That even if you don't know the future, even if you are suffering, you know that you don't have to worry because your God has you in the palm of His hand. And I can prove it. Because the Bible says, the Bible shows the proof the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit's love for you, complete love for you in the past. And if He's loved you that greatly in the past, I guarantee you that He will continue to love you today and forever. Amen. Please stand.